Um, hello, everybody. This is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. It, yeah, we got it. And uh, we're uh, we're 20-year veteran Wall Street analysts that uh, have assumed secret identities so that we can uh, bring you our unvarnished and candid opinions about stocks without having to worry about uh, the disapproving eyes of our bosses. Um We'd like well, how you to, disapproving uh, are to, their eyes? I mean, huh? Well, they, you know, they're, they're the man's everywhere. They're He's everywhere. Watching I everybody. Yeah. I um, just I haven't seen the man lately. We've been able to do this, and no one's the wiser. I'm excited. <laughs> Please go to our website at www.thevalueguys.com to learn more about us. Um, you also find some uh, standard caveats there, like you know we might own all the stocks that we're talking about and being trying to sucker you into buying them as well. I own all of them, as I've um, said here before. But uh, be and, and this is really just for entertainment purposes. But uh, you know we are trying to share some of our insight and expertise, and uh, we are trying to pick good stocks. And uh, absolutely, well said. You know we'll hope you um, you'll get something out of this. Um, anyway, this week we're going to be taking a look at the Value Line Investment Survey from July 28th, and um, this is an interesting, uh, interesting week because they have a whole bunch of uh, sort of heavy industry kind of machinery companies, but they also have uh, securities brokerage and e-commerce. So a little bit of everything. I'm going to uh, focus later on uh, the machinery industry. Got a couple interesting ideas. Aren't all here. those stocks just going down right now? All those. They, well, that's. Uh, I've actually been doing some work on them recently because of. Uh, uh, the header they've been taking, and um, you know, I, I'd say they, you know, we're off the diving board. But yeah, there are no diving boards anymore, as you're probably aware. Um, That's right; those aren't legal. So I, you know, we're going to talk about Caterpillar. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Dover Corporation, a, a high-quality name you may not be familiar with. Here. But uh, before we, uh, before I do that, I'm going to turn it over to my uh, my partner in uh, perseverance, Val Hughes. Thank you, Vern. That was a a, a very warm introduction. What are you, you going to talk about this week? Uh, well, Value Line this week, um, you know, it's uh, it's a mishmash. There's a lot of recommended stocks in here, and uh, in part that's probably because they've all been going down, so they're more attractive. They have a big machinery section this week, diversified companies, as uh, Vern was talking about. I just sort of went through one by one, and uh, let's face it, I don't have a lot of time today. I'm just going to try to... I listened to last week's show just, uh, and I think I went on and on. And in fact, I want to. I this is the no, second week in you a row. No, on huh? and on. Well, the second week in a row now that I'm going to have to, uh, you know, apologize to the listeners. You know why? Yeah, I'm afraid I do. Yeah, I mean, again, last week, um, and that last week I apologized for recommending Granger and having it plummet the next day. Last week, I know I talked a lot about a little stock called Plantronics. PLT, Plantronics, they make headsets and they make damn good headsets. Was that last week or the week before? Well, it might have been the week before. Last couple anyway, of recently recommended it. The stock really took it on the chin the other day. They issued an earnings release that was uh, not up to snuff. The traditional analysts that cover this as industrial analysts are just completely unfamiliar with the uh, retail consumer strategy the company is undertaking. And so... Um, they're not used to negative cash flow and things like that, but uh, you know, Plantronics is going to earn about a buck twenty this year, and that's scaring everybody. It's really two bucks a share from the core business. That's fine, and you got to think about eighty cents per share investment 
in trying to break into this consumer market, and that costs money with advertising, shelf allowances, things like that. They're sort of break- like capital expenditures. No, they're not capital. It's not so much capital spending. That's the thing. But I think the market uh, treats these uh, investments that are expenses as annuities, and uh, the stocks plummeted. Uh, but it's a terrific buy here. I actually bought more on the break, and I just want to recommend it. It's not in this week's issue. It's a couple weeks ago. Go back and listen to it. Uh, but now it's at a better price, which I recall saying last week as well. Uh, anyway, uh, I found four stocks this week, and a couple of them are stocks I've never heard of, which I really think is pretty exciting. Uh, and the first one is one I haven't heard of. It's called Griffin Corp. Uh, GFF is the ticker. Value line rates this four. I just went through their threes and fours this week. It's on page 1387. Vern, you ever hear of this one? No, I I don't think so. Isn't a griffin like a uh, griffon? Isn't it sort of like a uh, a dragon or something like that? The logo? No, uh, the word a griffin. Oh, a griffin, like yeah. a gnome or something? Yeah, or a something. Troll? Uh, I think it's a little more evil than that. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you something. That's a lot of bravado because their uh, biggest market is garage doors. So wow. Uh, <laughs> well, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're thinking they're not evil. The then. biggest, meanest garage doors, 37% of sales, uh, 39% of operating, installation services, electronic communication, specialty plastic. It's a little mishmash here. I was attracted to the valuation, which is 11 times earnings, 64% okay. relative multiple to the S&P. It's eight times cash flow. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> their return on capital is not great. It's projected 11% next year uh, by Value Line, or rather this year, 12% the year after. But I'm drawn to the fact that it's just been um, meaningfully improving here over time. Uh, their balance sheet's pretty decent, 35% at the cap. So they're generating a mid-teens return on... Don't we, don't we have to worry about the housing crash? Well, I I have a theory about that. Now, when you buy a house... yeah. It's already got a garage door on it, typically. typically. Usually. Typically. So I think this has been going on for a while. This housing boom just didn't start. There's been a lot of garage doors going on, a lot of houses. Um, and I get the feeling that a lot of their business is replacement, that, you know, there's, there's a, a million new housing starts a year. People get excited about housing. I think there's about 100 million dwellings in America. And I just was checking these stats, about a million two of new single-family home construction annual pace right now. No, you're right. Compared to to the installed base, as it were, it's a drop in the bucket. That's what I'm getting at. I suspect, and it's not pointed out here, that a lot of this is replacement. You know, there's, uh, I think, five million existing home sales every year where they already have garage doors. That's not a new sale and only one, a little over one million new home sales. So I suspect a lot of this is replacement, it's stable, and as people don't buy a new home, instead they maybe fix up their old home. They've freed up a lot of money to perhaps do that. But in addition to this garage door market, uh, they also, where by the way, it looks like things are, are getting better for them right now. They've got some capacity expansion in Europe. 
Business in Brazil was up 20%. It looks like a little bit of an international play. They also have some business in telephonics, 27% increases in this business uh, on the revenue line, 40% in income. So something's taking off there. They have a $350 million backlog in that segment, which I can't help but notice is 10 bucks a share in is backlog. This another, is this another headset company? No. Uh, what they what are telephonics? Telephonics, I'm just trying to, you know... They it sounds make, like sounds like flashcards for the 21st century. Well, I'm looking here. Their deal right now, as Value Line says here, they recently came to an agreement with Boeing for the production of integrated radio management systems for transport aircraft. So uh, in addition to the MH-60-R helicopter program, as well as the Canadian helicopter contracts, uh, so it looks like they have a business here in uh, in aerospace-related telecom, and that's probably pretty good margin business. The company's uh, trading at 11 times earnings. What else do I got to know about it? Their, their three divisions are doing great. The balance I wonder why, great. why doesn't ValueLine like it? I think because uh, maybe it's been going down. Let's see. It says, these untimely shares may appeal to those with a longer investment horizon. Well, that's me. Well, that would be you. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> How uh, insightful of ValueLine. Actually, they've increased their earnings estimate here, it says. So a lot of, you know, reasons to like it. The four has got to be uh, formulaic-driven. Uh, maybe it's momentum. You know, I don't know. It says they lowered it on February 10th. So looks like that might have been a good call for them. Uh, the stock's well, off but a little bit. They, they, you know, they're not talking about anything wrong here. So it looks like it's just been caught in this big sell-off of uh... – Small cap, industrial, uh, economically sensitive stock. If so. it's a stock, it's been going down. I know that. My whole portfolio has been getting beat up in here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Griffin, don't know a lot about it. Looks interesting. Now, here's another one. Matthews, M-A-T-W, page 1393. I know I've talked about this before. This is a value guy's stock to like. A lot. Of, if you look at the holdings list, a lot of famous value guys are in here. They, uh, they what make, a great chart. What's that? Great chart. Well, it's rolled over just a little bit. The relative has been down for a few years. They, you know, Value Line can't even describe this. It says that they are a manufacturer and marketer of custom-made products that are used to identify people, places, products, and events. I mean, that, you have no idea what they do. They make bronze. Um, don't they make labels for dead people? Grave markers, yes. <laughs> they also make, I think, the Hall of Fame uh, markers, the you know the the trophies for various sports, All right? Cornerstones for buildings, things like that. Okay. And that used to be their whole business, but it's been diversified a little bit. Um, the problem was they could never find anything as good as that. It was earning 40% returns on capital. I think it's down to about a third of their business now. Bronze, 32% of sales, it says here. They do graphics imaging, which is a commercial business that puts marks on commercial products for identification through the supply channel. And they, do, uh, they bought York Casket. That's really nothing to do with their business other than they had a sales force already calling on uh, cemeteries and funeral homes, so they thought, let's throw in some, some other stuff. But uh, it's really a bronze company, and uh, they're trading at a slight discount, 16 times earnings. They earn, you know, mid-teens returns on capital, very stable business. Well, the it's stock's not, done almost nothing but go up for a decade. 
Well, yeah, and it's just rolled over just a little bit. You, you don't often get it at this price. And uh, it's not, still not quite as cheap as I'd like it. It's just 11 times cash flow. I'd rather pay 10 on next year. But Matthew's worth a look here. Um, Myers Industries, <clears throat> M-Y-E, Myers Industries. You ever hear of this one? No, then? I haven't heard of this one either. This is page 1395 in this week's edition of Value Line. I've never heard of this myself. Uh, what, do they, what do they do? Well... Uh, first, why am I attracted to it? 15 oh, times I, I have actually now. I see the description. I have heard of these guys. You have. It's real interesting because it's Myers. Like you think of Tom Myers, you know, in a small town. Well, actually, Mary Myers and Stephen Myers are the primary shareholders. Family-owned business. They're the manufacturer of polymer products for industrial, agriculture, automotive, commercial, and consumer markets. Um, they include plastic. Products include plastic storage containers, rubber, OEM, horticulture pots, you know, what have you, Every, a lot of plastic stuff. It says here that they are a low-cost polymer manufacturer. They just absorb some cost increases. A thesis might be here that they're going to pass on those increases and get some price increases of their own. They've got um, returns on capital that aren't what I like to see, low to upper single digits, a little bit higher return on equity. But I'm seeing some Improvement in operating margin. I think that could drive returns on capital. They may have some leverage here, and uh, I'm drawn to uh, you know the potential for price increases and a and a reasonable multiple for uh, uh, for an improving situation here. Um, you know, it's been down a little bit. Uh, I guess I'm lukewarm on it, but it's, I never heard of it before, so I thought it was worth spending a little time on. Yeah, I I, I think the context that I came across this was. Uh Sort of along the lines of a uh, poor man's newel or Rubbermaid, kind of. I like that it's family-owned. That just suggests to me that there's a lot of excess costs in here. You can tell that by the return on capital. And so there's money that can get pulled out of here somehow. And there's so much private equity money around right now. You see a family-owned business, I sell, I smell sellout. And, uh, you know, low returns on capital oftentimes attract people that want to pay you know not a lot of money and create high returns on capital well it so, says it says the business is in akron ohio so you got to figure that they're looking forward to retirement so they can move elsewhere <laughs> well ohio it's seen better days i think the last president was born there a long time ago although they still have uh, more presidents from ohio than any other state i believe uh well you know actually it's kind of funny the uh the um the uh, tire industry used to all be in Akron, Ohio, and, um, you know, I think most of that industry has gone now or whatever. It's moved out, and they had to come up with something else. And so the uh, actually, I believe the Pol- Polymer Hall of Fame is in Akron, Ohio. Is that right? Yeah. Well, gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet the Myers, there, the Myers are probably big benefactors. Is that near Zanesville at all? Because I have been no. to Zanesville. No. There's a Cardinal distribution facility no, there. No, Zanesville's uh, down in the southern part of the state, I think. Uh-huh. Akron's up by Cleveland. A lot of that's a lot of information about Ohio. <laughs> uh, well, you know, okay. we did, thought I thought we ought to take a little geography break. Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> anyway, Pentair, which is headquartered in uh, Minnesota, is on page 1399. Pentair, I own this one. I've owned it for a while. And I'm attracted to these guys because they're maneuvering their business to be sort of everything about water. They, in fact, are so serious about it that they sold their last remaining non-water division a couple years ago. 
They manufacture electrical and electronics enclosures, pumps, pool and spa equipment, material dispensing equipment, and water conditioning and tr control equipment. The play here is really that, uh, you know, water is really, really important. And the uh, U.S. infrastructure for water is, uh, from what I read, you know, woefully inadequate. It's, uh, it's not been brought to attention yet, in large part because we haven't had any uh, disasters. But, uh, you know, there's, I guess, quiet disasters happening all the time, leakages from systems and things that we don't hear about. Do you know anything about that? Um, I'm sorry, no. Oh, okay. Sorry to catch you napping there, Vern. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, I, was, uh, my, I wasn't snoring, was I? No, no. But I just thought, uh, you know, check in with you a little bit here. No, but I in any case, about, I, I was reading about the uh, the product lines here, and uh, you're talking about water is an essential, and it looks like they're big in the pool business. Well, they do. They are big in the pool business, but they're also uh, big in the infrastructure business. Okay. They have business going on to help construct basic networks. This is Value Lines writing this. This isn't me making this up. To construct basic networks for roads, rails, airports, and seaports. They oh, have I business see. coming yeah, in India, talk. China, Brazil, Mexico. Right, right, right. Yep, the BRIC countries. The BRIC countries. And, uh, you know, I mean, wealth is rising. I understand China is going to get heat in the southern latitudes now. I mean, that's big news when you have a billion people that are going to get heat for the first time. you got to figure there's some business for Pentair. Uh and so, uh, if nothing else, to, you know, capture the melting ice or something. I don't know. But they're doing international infrastructure plays. Uh, they got business in Europe. Everything looks uh, pretty good here. Other than there is a lawsuit. There's one reason you might get to buy it cheap. The stock's down from nearly 48. It's at 31 here. Uh, they are settling a suit regarding uh, Legionnaire's disease. And I guess they didn't treat that water as quite as well as they might have from uh, an outbreak on a ship in 1994. So that's old news, but uh, Value Line thinks that may be dragging down the stock. Uh, meantime, estimates are unchanged. Uh, they've endorsed guidance, and uh, stock's a little bit cheaper. So 14.5 times earnings, uh, a little bit of a yield here, not much. Good returns on equity, well, not that good. Low teens, uh, but I just like the water thing. I think water is scarce. People don't appreciate that. It's 14, 15 times earnings. I'm a buyer of that. And, uh, Vern, this week, that's all I have. That's all I have this week. Well, they, but they were still very interesting ideas. There's four, four ideas. I've talked about Leg Mason in the past. I think that stock is still probably interesting, but I didn't really feel like working on it this week. It's complicated. And, uh, you know... Of all the stocks in here, there I look, took a look at the water utilities because I again I think there's water's important. The people aren't appreciating that, but they're all very expensive. Oh yeah, uh, I looked at those uh, the last time they were covered, and man, they're they had some pretty outrageous valuations. What we might do for listeners is just I some of these uh, companies are out just doing acquisitions, rolling up the industries, try to find some uh, smaller uh, acquisition candidates. Looks like that's a strategy uh, to. Well, that's fine, but but you know how that story goes. Uh, the deals get uh, increasingly, the businesses become less attractive and more costly. Yeah, that's right? true. So, seen that before. Yeah, so in lots of places. Well, anyway, uh, Vern, over to you. Over to me, huh? So yeah, you want to? Well, I you know I feel a little bad because I you know I may have frozen you out of by claiming machinery this week. I may have frozen you out of a couple interesting stocks to talk about, but. Uh, Anyway, thanks, and um, 
I I'm looked gonna, through there. I'm going to dive right For example, right in. I used to cover Cascade. I looked at that one. and uh, You know, Dover I used to own. Okay. So Cascade's I, I paged through there. But uh, Well, and it's, uh, I mean, this list they have is a who's who. I, I don't, I can't imagine that they've missed anybody. I mean, it's, you know, A to W. There's even a water company listed in the machinery industry, Watts Water Technologies. I think they make valves. Uh, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to start actually with uh, Caterpillar. I mean, when you think machinery, who else do you think of? It's the, uh, it's the big dog. No pun intended. Yeah. What about uh, Cummins? Cummins. Cummins. Some people think of them or Briggs and Stratton. Yeah. Uh, Briggs and Stratton maybe because of the consumer product. I don't know. Caterpillar. I I I, I read one time that. Uh, Caterpillar had one of the, um, I don't know, top 10, 15 most recognized brands in the world. What about Deer? Um, it's not the same as Caterpillar. Caterpillar, uh, you know, Deer you might not find in lots of countries around the world, but uh, the third world is rife with Caterpillar product. Huh. I mean, you know, building roads and airports and ports and dams and all that kind of good stuff. I mean, well, good for them. In any event. Um, Value Line likes it. They have it rated two. Uh, they raised it actually in April of this year. Yeah. Unfortunate timing, I think, because that was right about the time the stock peaked out. Above 80, uh, they're showing a 71 price now. I think the stock's around that. It's about 13 times earnings, so it looks reasonably attractive. But, you know, you look at the chart and you realize that, uh, you know, it's had a big cyclical run. Um, and, uh, you know, the stock's down along with all these other stocks on uh, heightened fear that, uh, uh, because GDP growth went from a wildly unsustainable and clearly so, you know, five-plus level in the first quarter to something smaller than, you know, because almost everybody on Wall Street can connect dots, they immediately figure, you know, we're going to be in a recession by, you know, the spring or something. So um, these these guys have, uh, you know, these guys have felt it, but not as much as the others, and um, I think in part because of their... Uh, their exposure to energy sector and what's going on in emerging markets. A couple things to point out here: uh, uh, value line showing 65% debt to cap. It, that's because it, you know we've talked about this before in some other situations. There's a finance company here that's uh, in an integral part of the uh, finance dealer inventory. Yeah, business model. They finance the dealer's inventory, and then I think they'll actually help you finance buying one of their bulldozers. Uh, um, they are the world's largest producer of earth moving equipment. Do they take American Express because that? You know, they might. Sounds like a lot of fun. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have their own credit card. They're so, I mean, this company's everywhere in the world. Uh, they have they have dealer, I bet they have a dealer in Mongolia. Um, according to Value well, There's Lines, a hell of a lot of business there. Of course they do. The reason I'm highlighting, <laughs> I, and I think one of the reasons the stock's held up better than some others that have sold off, is that uh, they're very involved in, Value Line mentions them, but they don't really uh, give them any, they don't feature them compared to the other markets, but they're, you know, very big in mining. They mentioned petroleum. They don't see anything at all about power generation, another big market. Key to this uh, stock has always been, uh, has always been commodity markets. Um, you know, when, uh, um, when coal and copper prices are up like they have been, then yeah. people want to dig more of the stuff up. And when oil's at 70-plus dollars, you can't, you know, you can't uh, pump it out of the ground fast enough. And uh, their, uh, their engines and equipment are used uh, around the world for all those things. 13 times earnings, I said, but, you know, it is a capital-intensive business. And if I look at free cash flow, you know, something like $4 on this year, um, maybe 5 next year, a $70 stock, it's like 14 times free cash flow. So, 
you're going to pay for the quality here. Uh, they made an interesting acquisition recently. Value Line talks about it. They're getting bigger in remanufacturing or uh, refurbishing equipment. They uh, actually are trying to stake out a sort of a green position um, and reclaim and recycle their own products, um, which is good for the world. There's a mention here, Value Line, of the uh, um, growing economies, as they put it, China and India. Um, I, I would tell you that there's a virtuous circle here that's at work right now in the developing parts of the world. Really? Uh, yeah, energy prices are up big in part because of uh, you know a good a good period of uh, global economic growth. So energy prices up a lot. So countries that you know really don't have much else are suddenly awash in cash wealth, and the one of the first things they'll spend it on is more infrastructure. And f- to build infrastructure, you need commodities that are dug out of the ground so yeah and to do that you need the energy to power all your mining and you know it's a circle you know trust me on this but um you know ultimately because it's not down as much as so many others my gut just tells me that it's not the bargain um that we might find elsewhere and um little known um perhaps fact about this company that's not covered at all by value line and their review is that this company is a major player in um the heavy-duty diesel engine business. You mentioned Cummins before, and that market's getting ready to uh, go down in a big way and yeah. probably create some concern for some people and Caterpillar, keep them away. Um, I, I'm going to look for some energy plays in the rest of the machinery group. You know, energy's been a good place to be. Well, industrial is kind of a lagging um, and sort of hidden play on those sector. And there's actually, I found couple stocks here that I think are interesting. They're multi-industry companies. First one, Dover. You mentioned before, Val, you've owned it. Yeah, I have owned that uh, one. D- DOV is the symbol, nearly $10 billion market cap. I always thought of it as a less well-run ITW, uh, but sort of knowing that and on purpose, you know. That's uh, Illinois Tool Works you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably right. Um, they have a terrific track record of return on capital, but it uh, really went down a lot in 2001, 2002, uh, time frame that's you know a little different than some of the other diversified companies um, like ITW that you mentioned. Um, it says here Dover does. Oh, I mean, there's all kinds of weird stuff here. Sucker rods, one of their uh, energy products, but um, the company in recent years, or the stock really has been yanked around by an exposure to technology markets. And uh, one of the things that uh, we were, were looking at with interest uh, earlier this week was um, the company's announcement that they are. Uh, going to divest several of their businesses that are in that space. They basically uh, have a bunch of businesses making uh, machines that are used to uh, produce printed circuit boards for all kinds Over? of electronic products. Yeah. They're yeah. divesting that? Uh, they, a big chunk of it they are, yeah. Huh. So the, uh, the exposure to sort of capital spending in the electronics industry is going to go from, I think, something like 20% to more like 12 um, if I'm if my memory serves me right, they're selling something approaching 10% of the revenue of the company. Well, that um, thing got up. I owned it a few years ago. I lost track of it. But that that technology piece got up to uh, in the peak in 01, I think, or 40% of revenues. And then when it crashed, I don't know if it was that bad hurt there. Oh yeah, it killed them. Um, so they're they you know strategically uh, downsized their exposure there. So. Um, value lines actually value lines one here I think is probably a pretty timely recommendation because um, you know this is uh, 
that that's a really cyclical, difficult to forecast, volatile, you know, really short cycles kind of business. And you know, most investors, if they want exposure to that, they'll go out and buy a pure play in it, not a diversified company where you know they may not realize what they've got. In any event, the reason I bring this company up is. Uh, you know, the valuation looks is equal. You know, it's about 14 times free cash flow like Caterpillar is. Uh, the stock's just a little bit off its high, but uh, about a third of, uh, third of the company is energy products right now and tied very specifically to production, not, you know, we don't have to hope that exploration budgets go up. As long as people are pumping as much stuff out of the ground as they possibly can, uh, this company's business is booming. So, uh combination of uh, more attractive business profile and this energy exposure i'm thinking that you know maybe there's upside to numbers and uh, the valuation may not be quite as uh, steep as it looks now i've got one that's cheaper sort of a similar story um little company called actuant atu is the symbol um this is about a billion market cap um they show they show a lot of leverage but you'll want to be careful here because uh, they have a two percent uh convertible um, it's one of these equity-like products. So, 150 million out of 480 million of debt is that. So the the financial leverage really a little overstated. Mm. Um, the valuation here more like 11 times free cash flow, and the stock's been walloped. It's around 45 now, I guess. Down at 67 earlier this year. Highs in the 50s the last couple of years. Um, Value line says investor sentiment is soured, and then talks about a restructuring program, but. Um, we, we've, you know, in, in our review of the sector, to, when we took a look at this one, uh, this actually has to do with uh, management blew a forecast in one of their businesses. Um, and a lot of people uh, sold the, you know, coughed up the stock on that um, because it was related with a, uh, a reduction in their outlook for the 07 year. Um, and it, it was a mistake they made on, again, it's this heavy-duty truck exposure that I was talking about at Caterpillar, only at this company. It's a tiny little piece of their business. Um, they have a very interesting exposure to the energy sector. The company's best business is a, a business that makes um, specialty tools that are used in all kinds of different markets. In uh, the last couple of years, they've made a strategic expansion into tools that are used to uh, maintain pipelines. And uh, Value Line even mentions an acquisition that they've made recently. Uh, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's R-I-C-C-I. Uh, I happen to know that that's a business that also is related to energy. They say industrial field services, but they actually, uh, it's kind of interesting when you take a pipeline apart, the, because the thing's probably so corroded and uh, um, the surfaces are so contaminated, before you actually put the pipeline back together again and bolt it back together, um, you, you machine off the face. So you, I mean, you actually, you know, tolerances like a, a, a brand new piece of pipe. And uh, this company they bought makes machines that you can actually take out into the field and do it, like, right there at the pipeline. So, yeah, hmm. anyway, the, the point is there's an interesting energy exposure here. Stock down on management made a mistake about a one-year decline in a very small piece of their business. But I've got, you know, I've got 10 years of operating margins here in the mid-teens or higher. Return on capital is in the low teens and rising. Um, they, what happened to this company in uh, 2000? In 2000, oh, there's a longer story here. The uh, you can see the uh, in the little box. Uh, thank goodness for Value Line uh, squeezing in information when they can. The successor to Applied Power following the spinoff of an electronic enclosures business. 
So you you basically had a, a, a you know you've got a discontinuity in the in the chart. Well, they got spun out with uh, negative equity, and they've managed to build that up nicely here in the last uh, three years. Oh yeah, as you can, uh, you know, look at they were uh, more than a hundred. They were like 150 million negative equity at that time, 2000, mm -hmm. 2001 kind of time frame. And, uh, well, they sold. It looks like they sold some equity too to get their way uh, get get out of that a little bit. Yeah, they five. may. Yeah, they may have. Um, but uh, but right now, if you look at it, one of the things that intrigued us about it when we looked at this stock is the business model is not to fabricate. They uh, they outsource a lot of their manufacturing. So if you look at the uh, value lines for 2007, they're using. Now they're they're saying that their you know management changed their forecast, so I'm assuming that that's in these numbers. They're showing cash flow per share 470, capex per share 80 cents. So four dollars in free cash flow, 45 dollars stock, 11 times less cyclical than probably Dover or certainly Caterpillar at a more reasonable price. It's smaller, but um, I you know I think definitely worth worth a look. I'd buy I'd buy it. Um, and I'm going to shift gears. I actually a little bit of uh, energy exposure in these two companies, but uh, different play altogether. And uh, these are a couple crane manufacturers that um, we think really interesting um, because uh, there, there can't be a later cycle business, let me tell you, than the crane business because uh, the darn things last forever. Nobody buys one until they absolutely have to. Um, and um, uh, they're used for, um, you know, big infrastructure work, lifting really heavy stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you do after uh, – you know, the economy's recovered and you've been building up some wealth and using up uh, existing uh, capacity, excess capacity. And um, Everywhere I look, I see a crane. I, I think we're sort of there now. And yeah. um, the, the industry's consolidated a lot in the last uh, 10 years, certainly since the last um, peak of the cycle, you know, through the last recession. There aren't as many players now. Pricing discipline's better. And the, the developing world, again, this, this virtuous circle driven um, initially by higher energy prices, creating wealth that can be reinvested in infrastructure has a there's a global boom going on in cranes you ought to see some of the pictures from uh, dubai i uh, was listening in on a conference call earlier this week and the company spoke about um, per, um they they had seen data that there was something like a trillion dollars in committed construction contracts in dubai hmm. um anyway the first, the first company i wanted to talk about and we'll I'll run through these quickly is I'm not sure how this is pronounced. I think it's Manitowoc. Uh, the symbol is MTW, um, a little north of $2 billion market cap. 45% um, debt to cap, a little bit of leverage, but not as bad as it appears because I'm looking at $200 million in cash and $480 million in debt. So it's probably more like a third debt. That looks reasonable. Manufactures heavy cranes and excavators, it says. I don't know why it says that. They don't do that. Um, used in utility, so power generation. Petroleum, oil and gas, mining, putting together mining equipment. There's a boom going on in that business. We've talked about that before. Paper and construction applications. Construction, as in not to build houses, but um, non-residential construction, which is in the middle of or uh, has just started a pretty significant or what appears to be a pretty significant recovery in this country. So foreign sales, 48%. Um, good leverage to what's going on around the world. And with the stock way off, 56 to 39, we're at uh, 15 times earnings. I'm looking at 12 times free cash flow with big late cycle exposure. Value Line talks about a backlog of nearly a billion dollars in the crane business. This company reported numbers uh, uh, today, I think, 
and uh, the backlog actually went up in their second quarter, which is very unusual. That's usually the, uh, the best period of the year for selling, you know, shipping product, because that's when people need it is in the summer. Um, so to have backlog actually go up in your best, uh, your seasonally strongest sales quarter, very, very bullish for uh, visibility in that business. Their food service business, they have a, they have a small business that's involved in uh, ice machines and uh, uh, drink dispensing, and it's going to accelerate in the second half, management says. Uh, ValueLine uh, doesn't have that, unfortunately. ValueLine does talk a lot about uh, improvements in their um, uh, marine business. They have a small shipbuilding business. I, I, I mention all this because um, the stock, I'll tell you why the stock's been beat up. The stock's been beat up because, little paragraph here on the right of ValueLine write-up, uh, they've offered to buy a food equipment maker named Enotis in Britain for a billion six. It's really a billion nine. Um, and the reason I'm so up on this name is we've done some work on taking a look at this acquisition at the price that's being talked about. And it looks to us like actually pretty good deal. Market's very unhappy with it because they see this fabulous crane business and uh, the cycle stretching out in front of this company and lots of operating leverage and Rising returns, you know, Value Line's looking for ROE of 28% in 07 and 20% return on capital. Uh, but it looks to us like this business that they're talking about buying actually could be additive, not to return on capital for a while, of course, because you'll have the acquisition debt, but uh, certainly to earnings. Um, and they've bulked up this marine business, and we have a hunch that um, – you know, with the uh, the incremental size that the uh, this acquisition would bring them, um, they might use uh, they might monetize the uh, marine business to help pay for it. So, very interesting story that's been sold off on, uh, you know, maybe a little uh, lacking a little clarity on a risk factor that's emerged. So, um, the other one is a company called Terex. Um, we've looked at this several times in the past. Owned it a few times. Simple T E X four and a half billion market cap. More diversified than uh, Mana. Manitowoc. No, thank you. Um, I've been there. It's very nice oh, okay. there. Okay. Uh, this company, um, uh, construction and mining equipment, five manufacturing businesses, construction, cranes, road building, aerial work platforms, and material processing and mining. We're interested in cranes. It says 22%. This company also just reported their numbers. Their backlog in cranes more than doubled. Uh, they have material processing and mining. They, this company makes... Uh, big excavating equipment and trucks and things like that for uh, surface mining. So they've got some good late cycle stuff. There's a major business transformation going on here. Um, again, got an issue with uh, the uh, capital structure. Value line shows 46% debt to cap, but $500 million in cash on the balance sheet, a billion one of debt. So, again, that really overstates the leverage. It's coming down rapidly because these companies are in the sweet spot of the cycle for cash generation. This one is priced at less than 10 times free cash flow. That sounds awful. They good. just reported uh, a, a terrific quarter. Uh, because the, the market's sour on these stocks, the stock did nothing. Uh, management raised their forecast for this year. Uh, our back of the envelope, Value Line says 450 for uh, 2007. Our back of the envelope says they might do north of $5 if the global economy holds together and uh, you know with this acceleration that's going on in their crane business so there's uh there's a couple uh, you know value stories that even given uh, concern about the economy you know looks pretty well reflected in the stock prices here so um mana how'd you say it again 
Manitowoc. Manitowoc. Wow. It's an old Indian it, word it, that means big crane. Big crane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm always impressed with companies that actually come up with a with a, a name that means something. You know what Terex means? Uh, it, it's a it's a, a flying dinosaur. No, name. It, it's Rex like King and Terra like Earth. So King ah. of, King of the Earth or you know Earth moving equipment stuff like that. Huh. Uh, That's clever. You got actuant, which I guess they make things that actuate, actuate things. things. I think, yeah. You know, in their description, it talks about motion control. Dover. I think that's got to be somebody's name, right? Uh, that one, I that one. <laughs> the story just broke down. Uh, and with that, <laughs> um, I've finished my tour of the machinery industry. We like the two crane guys. We like Dover. We like little actuant even better. Um, value. That's all I have. Anything to add? No, you're all set. Okay. No, I'm set. I had a couple ideas. My favorite one. I just was reviewing them as uh, you were going through. As, is I think. As I was putting I mean, you to I've sleep. i Is this little uh, uh, pentair? Pentair. Water play. Yeah. Water. Water play without the water utility multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. This has been the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys, and um, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Adios. Bye, everybody.